0: 13, and we're going to be reading verses 8 to 14, and that can be found on most Pew Bibles on page 1189. So Romans chapter 13 from verse 8. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another, for he who loves his fellow man has fulfilled the law. The commandments do not murder Do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet, and whatever other commandment there may be are summed up in this one rule. Love your neighbour as yourself. Love does no harm to its neighbour. Therefore, love is the fulfilment of the law. And do this, understanding the present time. The hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber, because your salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here, so let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the sinful nature.
1: Well, good evening friends. If you are here for the first time visiting us, there is a, a newsletter on the way in. Hopefully you got one. On the inside there's also an outline of the talk which hopefully will help you follow as we go through this passage. And as we do go through, through this passage, uh, do keep your Bibles open. We are expecting God to work. It is God speaking to us as we read, reflect, hear, taught, and expound it. So we are having high expectation that God will change our hearts and our lives because of it. And so let's commit our time again to the Lord. Let's turn to him. Heavenly Father, we thank you that your word, as we have read, and as we're about to hear and listen to it taught, we receive these words not as mere words of men, but as the very words of God. And so we pray, Lord, that we will have the great expectation that our hearts and our lives will be changed by you as your spirit works in us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, friends, every day, every morning, as you walk out the door of your house, what are the essential items that you need? What are three essential items that you would never leave the home without? What would it be? Well, I'm gonna, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to give you 20 seconds, just to ask the person next to you, three items that you will not leave the home without. Let's do that, 20 seconds. Okay, that's 20 seconds. <laughs> now, maybe you got some interesting interesting answers. This was, in fact, a game we played at our growth group on Thursday night. And some of the answers we got on Thursday night were quite fascinating. We had someone who would always leave the home with a banana. Now, whether that's true or not, you always have one of these guys in every growth group, you know, <laughs> those guys who want to stand out. But the majority of our group, they would bring their, their phones Their wallets and their keys. What is surprising? What was surprising was that only 18% of our group members considered putting on some clothes before leaving the house. (laughs) That's only two out of the 11 who were there. But you can understand why anyone would leave with with these items. I mean, if I forget my phone for today, it means that Yvonne can't find me, which is perhaps a good thing. I go in hiding. If I forget my my wallet, it means I just can't pay for stuff. I can't borrow library books. at The library can't catch the public transport. If I forget my watch, now it's not so important these days because you all have mobile phones and you've got the time on your phones, but watch are classier anyway. (laughs) But perhaps you all do need watches. You know why? Do you know what time our service starts each evening? It actually starts at 6 p.m. Not after the second song, so you need watch. (laughs) I'm glad you're laughing. I'm sort of being serious. (laughs) And if, like many in my group, they forget their clothes, well, there's nothing to say there, right? Just don't imagine anything. But today, I would like to ask us instead to think about what are the three essential items we need each day as a Christian that you would arm yourself with each day as a Christian? Well, I want to suggest three essential items that we need as Christians. And I think it's what we find in our passage. And so these are the three. Not just our physical wallet or purse to pay for the things we buy, but an obligation each day to pay out love. The second Not just our watch to keep the time, but a mind that is in tune with eternity. A mind that knows our time in light of eternity. And the third item, not just clothes to cover our bodies and even our shame, but clothed with Christ himself. And so three items. Wallet, watch, clothes. Love, Time, Christ. Now, if all of us as Christians are armed with all of those things every single day of our life, thinking not just of our physical needs this day, what do I need physically this day, what must I bring physically this day, but remembering our spiritual expectations each day, we'll in fact live a better life for it. Or more importantly, we'll show that our lives as Christians in view of God's mercy, remember that? Romans chapter 12, in view of God's mercy will show that our lives are indeed a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, that that is our spiritual, our logical worship. You see, that is to show that we are, in fact, genuine Christians, not fake ones, not lazy ones, not lukewarm, complacent ones, if we begin the day armed with those things. But as Christians, as we saw last week, the other week, we are to be on fire for God. And isn't that what we want? To begin each day wanting to serve the Lord this day, wanting to be on fire for him this day. And so firstly, let's think about this. Before you walk out the door, what do you need? Well, a wallet to pay out love. Now, I'll use the word wallet generically, wallet, purse, but wallet. You see, as Christians, we have an obligation. We have, in fact, many obligations, and we saw that in the previous weeks already. As Christians, last week, we saw that we have the obligation to pay our taxes, to submit to authorities, to give honor and respect to those above us. But here now, we have an obligation that never runs its course. It's an unending debt that we have. It's a debt of love. Now, I'm sure we all have bills and debts in all sorts of forms. We've got phone bills, utilities, university fees, hex debts, bills, mortgage, and so on. And, but the thing is, once you pay it, it's done. It is complete. It is over. The debt is gone. But here, Paul is telling us we have this unending debt, the debt of love. And so, what do you do each day? Bring your wallets, keep on paying love. The moment we wake up, the moment we turn on the engine, the moment we get to our desk at uni, at work, we keep on paying love willingly, joyfully as our Christian obligation. And that's why Origen, one of the church fathers, he said this, The debt of charity, however, should be with us always and never cease. We must pay this daily, And always owe it. And so, a wallet to pay out love. Now, of course, I'm speaking metaphorically. A wallet to pay out love. You can't try this at a cafe and say, I'm going to pay for my latte with love. It won't work. But metaphorically, a wallet each day to pay out love and to keep on paying and paying and paying love. But of course, the type of love we are talking about here, remember the type of love we see in the scriptures. It is the distinctively divine, Christian, Christ-like love. The other week we had a chat about the types of love we see in the world, and there's all sorts of types of love in our growth group. We had a discussion. In fact, one very creative guy came up with all these love songs, these love song titles. Crazy in Love by Beyonce, or is it Beyonce? (laughs) (laughs) Endless Love, Diana Ross. Love is All You Need, The Beatles. Taint to love. Love is in the air. You see, everyone loves love. And it's perhaps why if you listen to the sermon at the royal wedding of Prince Harry and Meghan, and you've, uh, you read reports of the sermon, there were quite a lot of people who resonated with the sermon. That that's because people love love. But perhaps what was lacking from the sermon, and lacking for much of the love songs we hear, is that distinctively... Christian type of love, the love that God expects of Christians. And what kind of love is that? What is the love we are to owe? What's the obligation that we have to give? Well, the type of debt that we have have is the Christ-like love, the sacrificial, selfless, other people-centered type of love, the love that means I would even lay down my life for the other. And so it's a type of love that we will never think, I'll love you only because you will love me back. That's not the type of love we're talking about here. Nor is this the type of love that we'll think, I'll just let everyone pay the debt of love while I'll just receive it all and receive it all and receive and receive and receive. That is not the type of love we're talking about. It is the selfless, sacrificial type of love. It's the love that says, I'll continue to love you, and love you and love you, it is the debt I will always owe to you. And that is what we are to carry in our wallets each day, a wallet to pay out this type of love. But why? Why talk about this type of love? Well, because we see here, it fulfills the laws of God, all the laws of the Old Testament. it fulfills all the laws of God. It is about love. It is grounded in love. And so have a look with me, verses eight to 10. Verse eight Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another, for he who loves his fellow man has fulfilled the law. The commandments do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet, and whatever other commandment there may be are summed up in this one rule Love your neighbour as yourself. Love does not harm to its, does no harm to its neighbour, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. You see, this is what we owe, what we are obligated to give all the time. And it it's unceasing, never-ending, this debt that we have to each other and to the world. And so to love in such a way is, is sort of to beat with the same heartbeat of God because this is what God is like. And so each day, what's the first item? A wallet ready to pay out love all the time. Second Remember your watch to keep the time. Now of course, this is not just to keep the time of the day lunch time, dinner time, sleep time, or I'm running for church time. It starts at six, by the way. <laughs> but it is to keep in mind eternal time, eternal perspective, to keep in mind that Christ is returning soon. You see, the next big cosmic event that is to happen in human history, in human future, is the return of Christ. And so live like he will return soon. Now, you've probably heard me say this many times, but I still ask it and I still think it. And the question I always ask is, what will it be like for you in a thousand years? Let's not just think the next 10 years or 50 years, but what will it be for you in a thousand years? You see, as we consider that and think and have that perspective, when there are great dilemmas that we experience in life, when there are stresses and difficulties that are extremely difficult in life, when there are huge uncertainties in the future, when there is even pain and suffering and affliction and conflict and heartbreaking seasons in life, and there are many in our church who are experiencing this, They are always difficult. And, of course, during those times, we need to learn to lean on God. But the question I always ask is to keep in mind, in a thousand years, will that thing still matter? Will it still matter in a thousand years' time? When I'm in glory with Christ, will it still matter? Are those things we're so caught up with eternal consequences will there be eternal consequences or are they really just matters that are part of this world and will soon pass away and so paul is in a sense telling us here carry your watch keep the time the eternal perspective live with the perspective that christ is returning soon and our salvation will be seen in his full glory I mean, it's unbelievable and unimaginable what it will be like for each of us if we are in Christ, believe in him, and to meet him one day. And so Paul, in verse 11, he says, And do this, that is to pay love, understand the present time. The hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber, because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. And so just like what we saw the other week in Romans 12, Christians are never to be lazy or complacent. Must never be the case. Christians must never be asleep or lukewarm or even cold. There is nothing more frustrating if a church is filled with such Christians. Inactive and wanting to be served rather than to serve. But here we're told be awake, active, on fire for God with zeal and passion that our heart will be on fire for him. And there is nothing more joyful, more delightful, more encouraging, more uniting, more lively, more God-honoring if a church is filled with such Christians. Everyone and every one of us on fire for God. And so Paul says, in a sense, carry your watch keep the time Christ is returning soon don't slumber wake up and finally our third item we've got our wallets to pay out love we've got our watch to keep the time what we also need now is to be clothed now not to just dress in any way you perhaps want to dress like me or like Chris we actually dress the same do you notice that but anyway (laughs) but Not that, it's a metaphor. Wear clothes like you belong to the day. Wear clothes like you've got nothing to hide. Wear clothes that make you look like Christ is your king. And so what does that look like? Well, there are clothes that show that you're a shifty person. You're a dodgy person. Of course, it's a metaphor here. The image that is used here, Paul uses a metaphor he uses here the image of darkness, the stuff of darkness, things that you are ashamed of. Don't put that on. Things that you do not want to see the light of day, do not put that on. You don't put on the types of clothes that you're ashamed of that are just for the dark. Instead, the clothes that you, you, you are to put on are the stuff of light, integrity and honesty and decency and Christ-like Humble, serving, loving character. And so they're the clothes. We're told here, put on the right clothes each day. Put off the dodgy ones and put on Christ. So have a look, verse 12. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness. Now, it's worth reflecting on that for a moment. Now, you may have experienced in your lifetime or you've seen from those who are close to you, friends or close family relatives, of how drinking and alcohol and drunkenness not just destroys the person's life, but it destroys families. People get into all sorts of trouble because of alcohol and drinking. Now, you hear news reports often enough pubs and guys bashing each other because they're drunk, fatal car accidents, domestic violence. And you can see why Paul is saying that is the stuff of darkness. Put that off. And then verse 13 we see, not in sexual immorality and debauchery. Let's reflect on that for a moment. That is to not be like the world we live in. That is what the world is like, so promiscuous. We see it all around us. We see the cheapness of sex, the abuse of sex, marriage destroyed, families destroyed of because of sexual immorality, families destroyed because of even pornography. It is destructive. And I've seen it. It is terrible how this tears and rips families apart. I mean, I'm just thinking about the, the kids... Of our time compared to when I was a kid, there are far more blended families today than when I was growing up. Blended families means, you know, divorce and then married again. Then you have got stepfathers, stepmothers, stepbrothers, step- sisters. Now, of course, we don't know the reasons for every case, but you can be certain amongst many it is sexual immorality, unfaithfulness, debauchery that breaks up and rips up families. And then verse 13, we go on, not in dissension and jealousy. Let's reflect on that for a moment. You see, Christians are to be peacemakers and to work to peace and to strive for peace all the time, everywhere, in the household, amongst the wider family, in the workplace, amongst family and friends. We are to be peacemakers. And more than that, not jealousy. And so Christians are to be content. All we have is from God already. Everything we own, in fact, our, our whole life is from God. It is from God already, and we have eternity thrown in. If we are believers in Christ, what more do we want? And so we can be content and not jealous, not covered. Recently, a few weeks ago, I met, met up with my Christian friend who, whom I went to Bible college with and was in my year. And we had a discussion, he's not, no longer in church ministry, but in, in, in this work that is involved in helping the wider church. Uh, uh, he runs a Christian think tank. And so this, this guy, this friend of mine, he works for a very rich Christian man. And he told me about it. This man, Christian man, would give away millions a year. Millions. To this cause, to support this Christian think tank, to support the churches, to support pastors, to support Christians around our nation who will give away millions a year. And I would think, man, that is generous. And my friend said, well, he would speak to this guy. He's very wealthy. And, he, and his motto was and is, well, this is not my money. This is God's money. I'm just a steward. And so he's investing wisely in the kingdom. And so verse 13, instead of jealousy, it is to be content." to do the opposite and to be generous. And now verse 14, our final one, which summarizes it all for us. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the sinful nature. It's a good summary, isn't it? And it makes it as clear as it needs to be. It is hard work for a Christian to put off sin and to put on Christ, But it is a better life. Now, John Owen, the 17th century theologian and pastor, he was so clear on the impact and the effect of sin that it needs to be killed off, that it needs to be put off. He said this, John Owen, "...the vigour and power and comfort of our spiritual life depends on the mortification, means killing, of the deeds of the flesh." The choicest believers who are assuredly freed from the condemning power of sin ought yet to make it their business or their days to mortify the indwelling power of sin. Do you mortify? Do you make it your daily work? Be always at it whilst you live. Cease not a day from this work. Be killing sin or it will be killing you. And so even for Christians who think, life is going well, I'm okay, I'm not struggling with this sin or that sin, or he says, continue to kill sin, otherwise it will kill you. And that is why no Christian should ever feel that we are beyond sin. When we let down our guard, sin is crouching at the door, and Even ministers, it is shocking to hear the stories of how ministers fall and fail all the time. It is terrible. Even ministers are not immune. Now, I was reflecting on this, and so I, like you, must be on guard. Be killing sin or be killed by sin. Now, do you know what the three most common sins that takes down a man or minister? You know what they are? The three most common Now, unfortunately, they do happen more than we like. Ministers who fall in this way not only destroy their own lives, but their marriage, their family, and also their ministries. But they are these three. Gold, that is greed for money and wealth. The second is glory, being proud and seeking worldly praise, the praise of men. And finally, girls, sex and lust. And so you have Gold, glory, and girls. And really it's the same for every person. For, for a female it would be glory, gold, and guys. Now it's so true, isn't it, how often people fail in this way, and even Christians. Now I couldn't believe my ears when I heard this news report this past week. A TV evangelist from the States, Jesse is his name, this pastor, he's asking his congregation, to pay for a $54 million private jet. Do you hear of that news? It is shocking, unbelievable. And what makes it worse, it is his fourth jet. He had three others already. Now, what's wrong with the other one, he was asked. He said, well, with the other ones, they don't fly far enough, so you have to have stopovers. This one, you don't need to have any stopover anywhere in the world. I couldn't believe that. But I know pastors who have failed, had to leave the ministry Because they are not transparent there. And I know pastors who have to leave the ministry because of sexual immorality. They destroyed their family in the process. And I know pastors who have to leave the ministry because of their pride, which leads to arrogance and spiritual bullying. Earlier this year, you would have remembered the passing of Billy Graham, one of the greatest evangelists of our time. Do you know that when he was almost 30 years old, when he was getting quite famous and popular as a, as an evangelist at his evangelistic rallies, he, he knew of the danger of the fame and fortune and the opportunities he had with girls, with ladies, with females. And so what he did was he got three of his trusted friends together. And what they did was to keep each other accountable so that they won't fall and fail where other Christians had. And so what they did was they had this pact. They made this pact, this manifesto, which they agreed on. And it was around these three sins, money, sexual immorality, and publicity, that is, that is glory. And so he would have this principle that he would hold. He, uh, Billy Graham would say, I'll never travel, meet, or eat alone with a woman other than his own wife. Now, have you heard anyone else carry that principle? It's the vice president of the states. He also keeps that principle. Now, this became their, their rule, and it's known as the Billy Graham rule. He was working hard, killing sin or be killed by sin. And so Paul says here, put on the right clothes. Put off sin and put on Christ. Verse 14 again. Clothe yourselves with Jesus, with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of your sinful nature. And so the three items. Bring your wallet to pay love all the time, every day. Wear your watch to keep the time. Know of the eternal perspective. Christ is returning soon. And finally, put on the right clothes each day. Put on Christ each day wallet watch clothes don't leave the home without them now not necessarily in that order wallet watch clothes you can do it in another order that would be strange but the principle is don't leave the home without them love to pay time to keep and clothe with christ don't leave home without it and so it is worth us now just reflecting on that for a moment what our life is like, to do sort of a a little self-assessment. What type of person are we each day? Do we, in fact, at the moment, leave home with those things? Now, I was thinking about this, and I think I could group our church into four broad categories, and I suspect you'll fit into one of these. And the four categories, for you to think about where you fit, the first one, I think there are Some of us here who think watch, wallet, clothes, well, I can do without it. I'll be fine today without any of those things. I'll live this day knowing that someone else will carry their wallets. They will pay for me. They'll pay out love for me. Someone else will have their watch. And so I can always ask someone else the time and why wear clothes anyway. I mean, what is there to be ashamed of? Now, don't imagine that too hard. It is a metaphor and only a metaphor. But what's wrong with that type of attitude if you're in that category? I don't need it. It's okay. Someone else will have it. Well, forgetting my wallet, well, it's just plain selfish, isn't it? And it is un-Christlike. Someone will love me. Someone will care for me. Someone will pay for me. And what will happen after a while? Not only will you make it hard for people to love you, It's very difficult to build any deep and meaningful friendship if that's the type of friend you are. But worse than that, you're giving Christ a bad name. What about forgetting the watch? Well, that's just thoughtless and short-sighted. Without the eternal perspective each day that I need today, I might just end up living for today. Living for the moment, if I do not have the eternal perspective, I'll live for fun, I'll live for happiness, I'll live for joy. And when I find myself under a bit of pressure, under a bit of stress, and I start to worry and get anxious and feel like I'm suffocating, I've got no hope. I don't know about what's going to happen. I don't, in fact, think about anything. I've got no eternal perspective, I've got no hope, I've got no watch. Or when something far more serious happens in life. A family member diagnosed with cancer. A father who loses his job. A tragedy in the family of loss or hope because I have not kept the time. Or forgetting clothes. Now that's not just embarrassing, but it is foolish. What I cannot believe is when Christians would affirm... What is blatantly wrong and foolish and evil, like getting drunk. You don't put yourself in that opportunity or or give yourself that opportunity. Like pornography of any form, it is not on for the Christian. Wave the rainbow flag, that is not on for the Christian. Choose to marry a non-Christian, that is not on or even the more respectable sins, like gossip and slander. Why do we do this? Why do we justify this? Oh, it's because we have forgotten to put on Christ. Now, if that is you, that's the first category, you have to decide where you stand, thinking that you can live life without your wallet, your watch, your clothes. Well, this is the challenge for you. Don't kid yourself. Don't kill yourself. Continue that way, and you will show yourself to be a fake Christian, which means you're not headed to heaven. That's the first group. Now, the second group, well, they are those who know, I know I need my wallet. I know I need my watch and my clothes, but I just don't have time for it. You know, every morning I'm out. I'm up and out the door. No time to put on the watch or clothes or take the wallet. I'm in a rush. Because I have other priorities. And so what does that mean? Well, someone else is still paying out love for me and not me. i rather focus on, on me. I don't have my wallet. Someone else is keeping the time still. And so I just live for today. I'm so focused on what is before me. This is it. This is my life. Whatever's before me, that is it. I couldn't care less because I have no watch. Or I'm still falling into sin after sin after sin like an addiction because I have not put on Christ. I can't stop gossiping. Can't stop slandering. Can't stop being selfish. Can't stop being boastful and proud. Can't stop looking at porn. And why? Because I left Christ at home. I forgot to see that that is so important, that today I'm meant to be living for him. I forgot to see that today I'm meant to be like him. You see, the things of God are far more important. And so they should be remembered each day. We can't leave the home without those things. We can't see that there are greater uh, priorities than those things. I mean, when we see how Christians can sometimes be so slothful and lazy and see church, our weekly gathering, as an interference to my social life. Or to see that there are greater priorities than my commitment to Christ and living for him. It just does not make sense, and life does not work out. Now, if that is you, forgetting your wallet, your watch, your clothes, because of other priorities, then this is the advice for you. Don't forget it. There is nothing more urgent than that. Start the day on track with God. Live like Christ is your saviour, the one who died for you. Live like Christ is your king who rules over you and owns you. You see, we were once dead sinners, but now saved by grace. How could I live like I'm still a sinner and leave Christ at home? That's the second category. Now the third But a third are those who do carry your wallet, wear your watch, and are clothed with Christ each day. But you're one of those who are so cautious, a little bit anxious, always double-checking yourself to see if it's there, second-guessing yourself, did I bring it, did I not? You leave the home, but you go back in just to make sure uh, you put on your clothes properly, it's, it's in your pockets, it's on your wrist, and you just feel burdened and anxious all the time. Am I loving enough? Am I hopeful enough? Am I like Christ enough? Now, if that's you, and you have to make that assessment yourself, but if that's you, you're always making sure, am I giving, 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 though you never feel like you give enough? You encourage others to focus on Jesus, reminding them that there is eternal life, but you forget to remind yourself. You are gentle and sincere, so cautious that you never bring any shame to Christ but he just just burdens you now if that's you you do have your wallet watching clothes you just worried. then there is great comfort for you there is great comfort for you rest in the mercy of God you have it all you have it all you're on the right path even like we sang before if your sins accuse you you're clothed with Christ already you're okay with God and more than that delight in him today it is okay rejoice in him enjoy being a christian god has chosen you to be his child and so if that is you you know you've got your wallet your watch your clothes on don't be too worried rest in the mercy of god and i find this quote from jerry bridges extremely comforting he said this your worst days are never so bad that you are beyond the reach of god's grace And your best days are never so good that you are beyond the need of God's grace. And so, if that's you, rest in the mercy of God. And now finally, the fourth category. And perhaps this is many of you, where you are living your life as consistently as you can as a Christian. That there is no way I'm going to leave my home without my wallet because today... I'm ready. I'm wanting to love and love and love. I'm wanting to love my friends, my family, my colleague, my church. And Lord, please give me more opportunities to love. No way I'm going to leave the home without my wallet. And there's no way I'm going to leave my home without my watch. Whatever you bring this day, Lord, you have already given me eternal life and the eternal perspective. In a thousand years, I'll be with you in glory. And so help me to bear all I must today with the hope of the gospel. Come what may, and I'll be okay because God is my God. And there's no way I'm going to go outside the door of my home without my clothes. I know how shameful my past is. I know how filthy I can be, but thanks be to Christ. That he would clothe me with his righteousness, that I can live with him and live like him, that I could ever dream that my life could reflect my king. That is amazing. And so Charles Spurgeon, another quote, he says this, There, poor sinner, take my garment and put it on. You shall stand before God as if you were Christ, and I'll stand before God as if I have been the sinner, I will suffer in the sinner's stead, and you shall be rewarded for works that you did not do, but which I did for you. See, that's how I want to walk each day, with that confidence and security and assurance and no sense of insecurity at all, because I belong to God. Well, if that is you in that fourth category, the encouragement to you is to keep at it. Carry all those things with you always. Now, if you feel like you're not in that fourth category, well, that's where you want to be. As you grow and mature as a Christian, be consistent between your conduct and your belief so that it is blaringly obvious to everyone around you that you are a Christian, that you are maturing in Christ, that you are like this. And so each day for all of us, it's actually pretty simple, isn't it? The three things. Firstly, we carry our wallets to pay out love, ready to love each day. Secondly, we wear our watch to keep the eternal time. Christ is returning soon, so I live like that. And finally, we clothe ourselves with Christ. What a great way to start each morning before we step outside our home. Every day from now to the day we die or Christ returns. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we pray that you might continue to encourage us and motivate us, rebuke us if need be, that our lives might be consistent with the gospel we believe. And so we pray, Lord, that you'll help us to be the type of children that will please you, that will be paying out love all the time, remembering the time in which we live, Christ is returning, and be clothed with Christ in all we say and do. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.